Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger, and this is Small Biz Pod on Monday, the 12th of February. Well, show number 40 is here, and、uh, it's not too far away from being my 40th birthday as well, which is a little bit worrying.、Um, I suspect that life will begin both Small Biz Pod and me at 40 rather than. Us both going through some kind of midlife crisis, but you never know. So, stay tuned over the next、uh, few shows because、uh, if I if I rush out and buy a red sports car and、uh, sell Small Biz Pod to the nearest bidder, you'll know what's happened. Okay,、uh, but I've got a interesting, really good show today.、Uh, I'm really a bit on a bit of a roll. I think this is this is、um, a show that takes a look at social enterprises,、uh, an area of.、Uh, Entrepreneurship that I find really fascinating, really worthwhile, and very inspiring.、Uh, we talk to、uh, the managing director Colin Crooks of a company called Greenworks,、um, and also I talk to Hugh Smith at London Remade about、uh, recycling and the green revolution that's occurring for many businesses of all sizes. So, a combination of social enterprise and Environmentally friendly business、um, of relevant to anyone, whether they're thinking about starting a, a green business or an environmentally based business, or indeed if you're running a business already, what you can do to achieve、uh, positive results in order to make your business、um, as environmentally friendly as possible. Other than that, I've got a lot of feedback from listeners. Uh, the return of Small Biz Pods roving reporter, who also provides the classic tune at the end of this podcast,、um, and I also want to say a big thank you to all of the new listeners who've come to Small Biz Pod over the last few weeks via iTunes or anywhere else for that matter. Thank you very much for tuning in. Really, is very much appreciated.、Um, do please contact me. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like. My email address is alex at smallbizpod.co.uk, or you can leave a comment on the Small Biz Pod blog at www.smallbizpod.co.uk in the comment section under each show. Now let's move on to today's interview, and I start off by talking to Hugh Smith, who works for London Remade, which is the Organisation in London that promotes uh, recycling, uh, amongst other things, and which, supported by the LDA,、uh, is able to、uh, dole out grants for environmentally friendly businesses. I'm pleased to welcome to Small Biz Pod today Hugh Smith, who is、uh, program manager at Enhance. Hi, Hugh. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thanks very much, Alex.、Uh, obviously, you've got as the, as the LDA, you've got this three million pounds to support the recycling sector. How does that money get allocated?、Uh, well, first of all,、uh, I, I don't actually work for the LDA. The LDA are funding this three million pounds through、um, my organisation, which is London Remade. Okay. Yeah. So we're acting on their behalf to uh, to uh, run the program within the London area. Yeah. But, but the money itself、uh, it comprises two parts. The first part is a, a, a revenue stream that we can use to、uh, support businesses through advice and consultancy. So we can actually maybe put a consultant in with a company to help them grow、mm-hmm. uh, if they're working in the green sector, which is、uh, recycling, reprocessing, remanufacturing in that、yeah. kind of sector.、Yeah. Uh, so that's part of the money. 
uh, the, the other part of the money is a capital fund, which we can then use to help try and uh, provide grants to certain uh, projects within companies to, to really give them a, a chance of growing quicker or doing better or achieving more within the waste and reprocessing sector. Yeah, so it is very much about um, businesses that are uh, practically involved, that, that whose business is uh, recycling in that reprocessing sector that, that this uh, fund is aimed at. That, that's true, but uh, in, in, in essence, uh, the green sector as such could, could be quite widely, uh, widely encompassing any sort of company that manufactures products, for instance, because if you can uh, if you can work with them to try and persuade them to change from using virgin raw materials yeah. to a material which is recovered, mm -hmm. then they're actually doing their bit for you know um, improving the waste and um, recycling operations in London. So from that point of view, they could be included within this program. Okay, and I know um, since the the program began some 18 months ago there's been something like 160 green enterprises that you you've helped to grow uh, in yep, london during right. that time um uh, do you see that that number uh, accelerating oh well yes i think uh, there's a there's a, a rapidly increasing awareness of the environment and its impact um both amongst companies that we talk to who want to be seen to be doing the right thing for the environment yeah. But all, and, and that, of course, is driven by demand from from uh, potential customers who uh, who are very aware now of the impact of things like climate change. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you you don't go any days these days uh, without seeing several articles in the newspapers about uh, the threat of global warming and recycling and all of these uh, environmental aspects. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. The as we record this, although this is likely to go out at some point in the future, as we record this yesterday, I think the European Commission announced that it it, it was planning on launching a, a significant new effort to uh, address uh, address um, environmental issues in Europe specifically. I'm talking of a sort yeah. of a, uh, a new uh, green industrial revolution, which I guess was uh, music to your ears. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we, we've been uh, working in this for a long time, so it's nice, yeah. it's nice to see these sort of things coming to fruition. Yeah. Now, um, in talking about um, practical steps and education and awareness, um, mm -hmm. it occurs to me that there are um, quite often um, schemes and incentives that help um, what, individuals um, and indeed yeah. larger businesses <laughs> to address the issue of, um, uh, I suppose, environmental responsibility. Right. Um, in terms of smaller businesses, what what as a, as a small business, what practical steps? You know, sort of, you know, business with 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 say, you know, fifty to a hundred employees. What practical steps should uh, those businesses be taking in order to be improving their environmental impact? Well, I, I suppose the first thing is to is to really understand what your impact is. Yeah. Uh, and there's an awful lot of people who don't. <laughs> so. Uh, we would try and help people in the first instance understand what those impacts are. But if you're if you're in a, a, a manufacturing or service delivery organisation, we'd want people to understand what materials they use. You know, what's the mass flow through the organisation? What do you buy, mm. and what do you sell, and what waste products you get from from that? Because yeah. so many companies deal with waste as, oh, just take it away, get it out of my sight, yeah. and we'll carry on selling product. When, in fact, 
what you find is it's a very valuable resource if it's dealt with properly, um, although we would advocate in the first instance trying to improve the efficiency with which you use the raw materials so we, you produce less waste in the first case. Yeah, yeah. So you go through that kind of exercise with a, with a company in the, in the initial stages. Um, but then, I mean, something like in the enhanced program is actually aiming to try and grow the business. So it's not just about trying to make reduce their impacts uh, with what they're doing today, but to look at the way they market the products, are they yeah. getting the most out of their credentials, to try and grow the business, employ more people, and therefore lead to regeneration and, uh, and renewal in the London area. Yeah. Now, uh, one could argue that all of this is going to be hideously expensive to do for a smaller business who, who have, uh, you know, don't have the resource or um, indeed the, the budget to address some of these issues and to, 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 to develop that kind of analysis of their, right. uh, their, their procedures. Uh, how would you address that concern? Well, I, I think uh, in two ways. I mean, like first, I, uh, as I said in the initial uh, comments, you know, there is money there available to try and where we can provide expert help yeah. uh, to, to, to bring these people along the road, uh, educate them and show them the opportunities mm -hmm. and also to invest, uh, to help invest small sums of money to, to make that happen quicker. But on the other hand, we have a lot of instances where we can demonstrate that the application of the sort of principles of reduce, reuse, recycle, uh, and, and trying to close the loop on environmental products yeah. actually pays benefits. I mean, at the end of the day, it's cheaper and more effective to do it that way because you're not paying for the waste. Yes. And in the, in the future, that the cost of waste is going to go up tremendously. And then so as landfill taxes and things like that take uh, begin to bite really hard, yeah. uh, it will become self-sustaining to, to treat all for all businesses to act in this way. Yeah, I, mean, I, I saw a report recently that local authorities believe that we will run out of landfill in nine years or something relatively disturbing. Yes, I, I mean, we've got some pretty aggressive targets yeah. on, on uh, reduction of landfill. And so that, that's increasingly coming up the agenda of... Uh, people in business as they realize their waste costs are escalating. Yeah. And in addition, which you've already mentioned, um, the potential uh, marketing benefit and the potential expectation of uh, customers stroke consumers uh, as awareness of these issues rises um, is going to be a, a, a benefit if a, if a company can demonstrate their green, true green credentials or at least um, credentials that show demonstrate that they're making a real effort to, to address environmental issues. And that's going to be a plus in terms of of customers, isn't it? Absolutely, but uh, they have to be genuine, and, yeah. and we have to avoid any cases of the so-called greenwash problems, <laughs> where people are claiming things for the sake of marketing, and yeah. uh, we're not in that game. No, absolutely. Um, people one, are very quickly caught out as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, those. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine that happens terribly much. Um, if it does, um, more fool the, the the businesses yes, that, that are trying to, to pull the wool over people's eyes. I think. Um, so from a practical point of view, I, I'm, I, I mentioned earlier that I uh, anticipated that there would be organisations like yours around the, around the country, not just in London. Uh, would that right. assumption be correct? Yes, I, I mean, it is. I mean, uh, London Remade is, is actually part of a, a, a wider network uh, of Remade networks. Yeah. Uh, there's one in Kent and uh, Essex and, and uh, Scotland. Okay. Uh, there's quite a few of these. Uh, we're probably the biggest, if not the biggest, one of the biggest. Yeah. And uh, have the widest scope. 
Um, and with the, the London Community Recycling Network is one of uh, they're part of the, the the National Community Recycling Network as well. So there's they're well connected, and, and then you've got other organisations like Furniture Reuse Networks. Yeah. Um, then there's uh, government-sponsored organisations like RAP, which is the Waste and Resources Action Programme, which yeah. is aimed to try and develop markets for for recycled product um, materials. Yeah. You've got EnviroWise, which will go and help. Uh, Companies do an environmental audit and make savings on utilities and materials as well. Okay. Um, not specifically aiming at business growth, but uh, trying trying to improve their performance. Yeah, yeah. And there's got a, a whole host of them, and they're, they're another very good organisation or um, a, um, project, which is uh, something else that we run here, which is the Mayor's Green Procurement Code, okay, which yeah. is aiming to try and increase people's awareness of uh, purchasing. Uh, recycled materials. The aim is to close the loop on recycling by actually buying recycled materials. And and if you think about it, you're not really recycling if you just put it in a bin for somebody else to deal with. Mm. Uh, you're only really recycling if you make an effort to buy things that contain recycled products or materials. Yeah. So yeah. we try and close that loop through through the whole cycle. Okay, well, interesting. So uh, I'll certainly put some links in uh, in the show notes to uh, to some of those organisations, so that those listeners outside London also have an opportunity to uh, explore um, what's on offer and and seek advice. Um, just finally, uh, Hugh, if any listeners uh, would like more information, would like to apply for a, a grant, is that how how it would be? Uh, yes, it would be. Assessed? If they if they uh, simply go to our website, which is uh, Enhance London, all in one word. Yeah. Dot co. Dot uk. On there, find some good background information on what the uh, what the program is all about, and an application form. It's a web based application form. Okay. And we would uh, undertake to get back to people. Within the within the fortnight, uh, having evaluated their application, and hopefully we can then provide them support and/or a grant as appropriate. Fantastic! Thanks very much, Hugh. Okay. Well, um, as I said during that interview with Hugh, I will put various links up in the show notes so that if you want to go and check out some of those resources, uh, you can do so nice and easily from uh, the Small Biz Pod website. Um, and stay tuned, please, for the uh, next interview with Colin Crooks of Greenworks um, a, a re well really yeah, a revolutionary business I suppose one of the first really green recycling businesses to um, set up in London and start recycling office furniture from uh, government and co business corporate uh, offices uh, a fascinating business Colin's really interesting nice guy uh, social enterprise uh, well worth staying tuned for so uh, let's move on to some of the comments that I've had for the show. And first off, um, a big thank you to uh, Paul Grant at Capital Partners Group Limited, who uh, draws my attention and indeed your attention if you're interested um, and you're based in London uh, to a free event on the 15th of February. Uh, the 15th, I think, must be uh, Thursday with uh, a bit of luck. Yep, Thursday it is. 
uh, and it is basically an event designed to well I'll, I'll read what, what uh, Paul says in his email to me he says um, in my experience as an entrepreneur and head of the business angel division at Capital Partners too many entrepreneurs waste time searching for capital with the insufficient tools in the wrong places um, the short one day seminar called the funding game aims to get entrepreneurs headed in the right direction so if you are looking for funding if you're an early stage business uh, and you're in London on the 15th of February do check out Capital Partners event um, I will put a link to details of that seminar on the website so do check that out okay and now on to um, another comment that was emailed across from uh, well it was a it, yeah it was actually a track back uh, a very bloggy thing but it was a, a, a nice track back indeed from um, let me just see who it was from oh, it was from Ed Stivala uh, who uh, mentioned the show Small Biz Pod number four actually about uh, that covered blogging interviewed a, a famous business blogger in the UK uh, Small Biz Pod number four well worth checking out and also Adriana Cronin Lukash a, a celebrated blogger and blogging consultant from the big blog company so if you're interested in blogging check that out Ed Stivala uh, tracked back to that from his own blog so uh, thanks for that, Ed. Uh, and then I had um, a, an email just today, in fact, from um, Raja Sikar, who is 39 years of age, and he says, I'm from southern India in a small, beautiful town called Teni. I have the habit of listening to podcasts during my morning or evening walks, and I happened to hear your podcasting after a friend of mine told me about it. It was so nice that I heard this at the stretch for a few days while walking and now I'm up to date with all of your podcasts. I'm an entrepreneur myself with a business of 20 million US dollars and like all I failed in almost 10 different businesses before at last succeeding in this one. Uh, I like the interviews you broadcast mainly the Maverick stuff it was very nice. Uh, I saw how you've involved the small biz pod slowly over the past months. I like the way you've gathered the momentum. Uh, initial podcasts were pretty simple and ordinary like any new ventures. Now you sound more professional. Still some uh, 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 indeed, but I'm kind of this show is going quite well. I feel. What do you think? I don't think I'm doing fewer uh, mm, mm, ahs. Uh, and he says your attitude to accept the comments from your listeners may be a good reason for your success. And uh, well, I hope that's true. He says, "Well done, Alex. Keep going. You're doing a great job." Uh, and he goes on to say how much he enjoyed the Polly Labar Bill Taylor interview, and uh, even likes the music at the end of the show. And he says, can I also give one small suggestion? Every episode, add one small joke, 30 seconds max, and also one key piece of information, again in 30 seconds. This might add more variety to your already successful work. And I think that's actually quite an interesting idea. I don't know about the jokes. I suppose I could do jokes. But I like the uh, one key piece of 30-second information at the end of the show. That would be kind of cool. In fact, perhaps listeners would like to uh, send in a 30-second uh, piece of advice uh, I might even set something up on the website so that you can contribute that nice and easily so um, a long but interesting and useful email there from Rajasika many thanks indeed for uh, getting in touch uh, he's also put his uh, Frapper Map uh, uh, pin in the Frapper Map as have a few other people and since I'm talking Frapper Maps I will mention them now uh, if I can find the Frapper Map that is uh, it is just here and yeah, yeah Raj Seeker, he's there. He looks like he possibly owns a paper mill. Uh, let me know 
uh, if that's true. You look like you're standing by a paper mill. But also Ed Stivala, uh, who has recently put his pin in the Frapper map, which is something I'd encourage you all to do. Just check out the smallbizpod.co.uk blog and uh, click on the Frapper map icon in the top right. There's also a rather fetching uh, baboon who signed up to Small Biz Pod. Uh, in fact, I think that is really Richard Boyd from uh, realoasis.com. So uh, thanks, Richard, for, for signing up. And then last, but by no means least, is uh, Daily Irvin, who uh, listeners of recent shows will know very well, who is quite possibly the Small Biz Pod's um, greatest and uh, most influential uh, listener in uh, Arizona State University. So those are the uh, those are the uh, Frapper editions. Uh, always fun to see people's faces, to see where they are in the world, and the Frapper map is quite entertaining. And I keep mentioning my blog log too. If you go to, to Google my blog log and suss it out and see see what it's all about, that's quite good. Again, nice to see people's faces. Now uh, back to some other comments uh, in today's show jim markham from sweden sweden you'll remember uh, somebody asked in the last show should there be a listeners forum and jim says yes please let's have a forum you could even make a few quid out of it with some google ads or such like well it's something that i am looking at doing um, i'm not absolutely 100 percent convinced that there aren't really really good forums already out there for lots of listeners on the subject of small business and entrepreneur enterprise as it were but uh, if uh, there is a demand i will uh, we'll, we'll give it a go give it a trial i think and, and see how it goes if we only get you know two or three listeners involved on a forum then well we can we can put that down to uh, another one of our entrepreneurial um, failures which are all good aren't they okay and then let's move on to another comment uh from Let's see who this is from. Uh, This is from, oh, Greg Sue, who's a startup in Brighton in the UK, who says he finds my podcast informative. I found you on iTunes and I've been listening to your back catalogue of podcasts. It's sometimes comforting to hear about the similar issues that small business owners have. I listen to Business Week podcasts as well, but found after a while the topics were not completely relevant to a small business owner. M&A were, M&As were not the kind of topics that were that useful to me, but I found this show because it deals with small business owners, it has relevancy. Uh, and so he talks about his uh, new business, which is basically a fashion label, and, and expresses some concerns about, oh, well, it's just like another restaurant or hairdresser's salon or, or cafe, and does the world need another one of those? And I, was, I responded to, to Greg and said, well... Uh, actually, I think what this show has demonstrated and the interviews of, of successful entrepreneurs and others on it is that um, there is room for new, dynamic, interesting businesses who are filling a niche already in an established area, who are just taking it in a different way, delivering better service or delivering a, delivering something that people have... Vujaday, Vujaday is, has... has uh, um, uh, Taylor and a bar said it in the last podcast. Check that one out, or the one before last, as it were. So yeah, uh, the principle of Fujardet going into something where you are normal people see the ordinary, but an entrepreneur sees the extraordinary. Um, that's important. Now I called for some audio comments in the last show, and one kind person has summoned up his uh, courage. Obviously. Brave and foolhardy, foolhardy, no, brave, yes. Nick Rogers um, has kindly sent in 
this audio comment. Alex, uh, Nick Rogers, phoning from Northern Ireland. <clears throat> been listening to a couple of your podcasts and absolutely excellent, particularly the move towards open source. Uh, we're starting to see a number of emerging business models using open source. And I found your um, uh, your juice section extremely interesting. So thanks a lot for everything. Bye. Well, thank you very much, Nick, for that audio comment. I called for audio comments and I got one. And uh, I really do uh, enjoy those. I mean, you see the see people's faces on the Frapper map. And I think it's always nice to hear uh, voices too. Uh, in terms of, Nick mentioned Juice there, I've got a little screencast on how to subscribe to a podcast using Juice. So if you've not got iTunes, you can subscribe uh, using a free piece of software called a, a feed aggregator or a podcast podcatcher, as I think they're known. Um, and if you go to the how-to section of the Small Biz Pod website, uh, or the help section, how do I subscribe, I think it is, uh, it'll show you how to subscribe using something called Juice. Um, thanks again uh, Nick for that uh, if you want to leave an audio comment all you have to do is uh, you can Skype me and leave a message on my answer machine at alex-smallbizpod that's my username on Skype uh, and there's a button you can press on um, the blog smallbizpod.co.uk and there is also a number for you to call if you don't have um, Skype uh, installed on your computer so either way just drop me a drop well just uh, pick up the phone if you something inspires you or you've got think something's not quite right or you have a comment on a particular aspect of the show uh yeah by all means pick up the phone leave a message and i will play your comment on the show now um i am going to leave comments there there are a few more to get through and they're going to be carried over to next week's show this show's already pushing on a bit and I've got the second half of the interview to play with um, the uh, chief executive of Greenworks Colin Crooks so uh, just before I, we go into that I would say Diary of a Entrepreneur, Kelvin Jones, I haven't forgotten about him and I have got some responses which I will run through uh, next week or next time so now to Colin Crooks at Greenworks Okay, so one um, London business that is doing a lot in the recycling sector and is also interestingly a social enterprise is a business or a social enterprise, we should call them, called Greenworks. And Greenworks, in essence, recycles other people's furniture and, and, and tries to make waste an asset for, for, for businesses. So we'll hear a little bit more from Greenworks Chief Executive Colin Crooks about what exactly they do and how they are set up very shortly. I think there's an increasing interest about social about social enterprises, and particularly in relation to um, green uh, businesses and businesses that are involved in the recycling sector. Now, first of all, let's uh, let's 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 do do a few sort of definitions, as it were. How would you describe a social enterprise? What is its what is its purpose, and and how is it defined? Well, for me, Alex, it's it, a social enterprise is an organisation that has a, a is constitutionally set up to to not distribute its profit to shareholders, so, yeah. but that intends fully to make a profit, but that to, to lock that profit inside, its, inside itself to reinvest yeah. in the good work that it's doing. And, and by definition, a social enterprise must be doing something for a social and or an environmental purpose. Yeah. And uh, in terms of um, 
in terms of its sort of location and its purpose, is it very, very much focused on um, the, the, you know, its local community or, or, or can it have a sort of broader reach than that? Well, I've got to say, a lot of the social enterprises that we meet are exactly that. They're dedicated to helping either a local community or a, a, a part of the community, maybe disabled people or a particular sector. We take a slightly different view of it. We, t- we Our enterprise is focused at protecting the environment. Yeah. So yeah. everywhere and anywhere and, and almost anybody could be a beneficiary of what we do. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so... What exactly is it that Greenworks Works does? Well, we've hit um, ex- a, a quite an, un- an, a, an unusual niche in the market where we mm-hmm. found that large organisations, large companies and large government departments, etc., are disposing of incredible volumes of furniture, office furniture, yeah. desks, chairs, pedestals, yeah. on a really regular basis. They're constantly refreshing their offices or moving offices. And every time they do this, they throw away a vast amount of old or not so old furniture. Mm, mm. And of course, on the other side, you meet lots of social organizations, schools, charities, other social enterprises, who just don't have very, a big budget to buy nice furniture, and they're sort of s- struggling with really quite poor quality stuff that's ripped or can't lock or whatever. Yeah. And basically, Greenworks just puts the two together. We've, we've got trucks and warehousing and a marketing department and the, the three bits together get the furniture, store yeah. it in a warehouse, and then find and inform people that it's there and that it's available for them to come and purchase at a very low price. Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously you are you know, leading the way in one type of recycling. Um, what is your view about um, recycling and green businesses in London specifically and, and more, more broadly? Do you, do you find yourself in... In, in company with 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 greater number of businesses looking at this area, or or how how have you how has how has the sort of um, that sector evolved over recent years? Well, in social enterprise has been the lead player in this. If you look all around, you'll find um, curbside collection schemes for obviously domestic waste. You'll yeah. find composting organisations. You'll find people like Greenworks who actually have looked at what's been done and by mainstream businesses and just seen it to be completely inadequate and not actually taking on the challenge of the real waste streams yeah. and indeed what the recycling potential of all these waste streams. And so you find social enterprises right across London um, and indeed across the country who completely innovated the whole market, set up completely original ways of doing things to capture the value in these waste streams and uh, at the same time empower and enable communities. So I think the sector is marvellous. I love, I yeah. love being part of it because we, we don't really, we, we seem to have no fear, uh, whereas, of course, the, the larger corporations have got shareholders and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they seem to be quite a timid yes. uh, bunch sometimes. Yeah, some, sometimes it, it does breed a conservative approach. Um, it's interesting as well that you should say say about social um, enterprises leading the way in this sector because they involve they involve people on the ground, as it were. You get the you get the buy-in of, um, of of communities, which ultimately, when you come when it comes to things like you know uh, actually having a positive environmental impact, it is down to individuals, isn't it? As, uh, oh, totally. Yeah, this is this is the thing I think has frustrated me most about the uh, the, the environmental debate at the, at the sort of corporate level. Is yeah. actually this is a, this is a, um, 
an empowering thing. It's a positive thing that every one of us can take part in. And recycling particularly has really quite significant social and economic as well as environmental benefits. And these issues seem to be played down. It seems to be just a discussion about percentages of recycled material rather than actually what the impact of that is. And indeed, who's going to do it? Mm, Uh, we've, mm. We've created lots of employment for people some people who struggle to get work i know that other social enterprises do exactly the same yeah, yeah. and actually given them a belief and a, a new beginning so not just the recycling of the materials and the environmental issues that people associate but actually creating jobs and training opportunities for people who, who may have struggled before yeah now um uh, clearly your um your your profit as it were is is uh Recycled. This is an interesting way of putting it. 100% recycled profit, which is good. Um, but does the fact that you don't have to make a profit, is that, does that create a, a difficulty sometimes to be motivated to make a profit? I mean, how, how does that work? You know, where, where, you, where, you, where you're not trying to, um, where you don't have sort of targets as set by, um, by, by, by shareholders or, you know, uh, your, 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 your share price to worry about. Um, do, you, do you feel that sometimes it's, it is um, tricky for social enterprises to, to, to get into the mindset of making money, even if it is making money for good? I think you hit the, hit the nail on the head there. It's actually very difficult sometimes because we we all want to do so many things. We we pride ourselves on focusing on large-scale recycling of this office furniture, but nevertheless, we do want to provide employment and training yeah. for people who are not skilled and struggle in the market. Uh, we insist that nothing goes to landfill, so we incur quite a lot of heavy costs to prevent that happening. Yeah. And so all of these things sort of eat away at our margin. Yeah. And uh, we're trying to be all things to all men at some points. And those commercial drivers are sometimes, sometimes secondary when we're in our thinking, but increasingly we've realized that to do all what we want to do, we must really focus on the commercial drivers to make sure we're, we not only do we thrive now but that we yeah. continue to thrive in the future so the only way around that Alex without having shareholders and that's the last thing we want no, no, yeah. is A to recruit trustees who are from the business community who whilst they understand the the essence of the business focus on the bottom line yeah. and the other way of doing it which we've been very successful with in the last six months is to re- recruit and employ people with really significant um, commercial experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, and, and what, what sort of new things have you got on the horizon for, for, for Greenworks? Well, Alex, it's actually really exciting at the moment. Um, 2007 heralds um, quite a fabulous year where after a few months of settling it in, we've now got a completely equipped joinery workshop in our Wembley okay. warehouse, where we can actually manufacture new furniture from old materials. All right. So old desks and cupboards that come to us that really are maybe a bit too big for the current usage, flat screens, etc. Yeah. We can now take apart, cut down on this beautiful machinery that uh, London Remade have, have helped us invest into, mm-hmm. and uh, cut it down into new furniture 
and design it to exactly the requirements of um, our schools or charities that are coming to us uh, for furniture. So again, a really, so really practical recycling. <laughs> absolutely, it really, exactly that. So we're able to recycle things that previously we, we had no use for. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but equally, we're able to provide equipment and furniture that we couldn't provide before because um, they wanted a particular size. Well, yeah. now they can have have that size. So it's bespoke recycling, which is cool. Bespoke recycling, <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, there's one other issue, isn't there, around um, social enterprises, which is what formation, as it were, company or business formation to adopt. Now, you've gone down a, a charity route, I think. Yes, that's right. Did you did you consider other options, or are there other options? Um, what what what's your view on that? Well, there are other options, of course. It's quite a, it's quite a panoply of options, I think, and you've really got to look at what suits you best. Uh, we actually have always had charitable objectives, and yeah. if you go down that route, it's you really have you're legally obliged to register yourself. So you've got to be quite. Uh, you've got to take some considerable interest into exactly how you constitute yourself. Uh, from our point of view, that's what we wanted to do. Yeah. And indeed, there are some quite considerable upsides about being a charity in that we've got quite large warehouses with very high rateable value. Uh, obviously, as a charity, we can get we can reclaim a lot of that. Yeah. So, uh, but for another organisation that might have a smaller smaller premises might be doing a completely different type of work that's very inclusive of its local community they might go for the community interest company yeah uh, yeah so and other options indeed out there that you know there's quite a multiplicity of them we took quite a long time to work out what we needed to be but uh, and you, you some people really do need to take quite a lot of detailed advice on that yeah but i would i would say that uh the charity thing isn't too frightening. We've certainly had no real issues, and it's not particularly cumbersome. Okay. So I would recommend it personally. Fantastic. Colin Crooks uh, from Greenworks, thanks very much. Alex, thank you. Well, there we are. I, I think that was uh, an interesting insight into both uh, a socially responsible, social and, and environmentally responsible business. And social enterprise is uh, a fascinating area. and It's one that I think I'll, I'll probably come back to at some point. Now, uh, I mentioned earlier that the Small Biz Pod original roving reporter, that is Carl Barton, um, gave me a buzz uh, this week. or I think it was this week or maybe the end of last week. Uh, end of last week, I think, uh, and he's back. Uh, he's had some bad flooding uh, in his flat and various other things that have put him off track. But he is back, and I can ex- um, we can expect uh, some contributions from Carl over the coming weeks. What some of you don't know is that both Carl and I uh, compose electronica. Carl, much in a much better way than me, he's much more accomplished. Has had record labels interested in him with uh, various people he's worked with over time. So I thought, as a special treat, seeing as he has his music now on the Podsafe Music Network, I would play this track, which is one of his uh, bands or collaborations uh, from a little while back called VFD, and the track name is appropriately Coming Home. <laughs> 